For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'll be joined by Rachel Farnsworth. And you may not know who she is, but she happens to have one of the largest Facebook watch platform, uh, Facebook watch shows on the entire platform. And we're going to talk about her experience with video, with the watch platform, and I think you're going to find a lot of interesting insights. By the way, if you want to reach me, simply email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And now for this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in the social jungle. Here is this week's survival tip. Today I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? I found one of our favorite tools actually came out with uh, an additional tool, and it's Vimeo, and it's Vimeo Stock Video. Yeah, I heard about this. Tell me more. Yeah, so what this is, is basically, you know, Vimeo says, well, hey, you guys, you professional video people, a lot of you are using our uh, our editing software built in already. Well, why don't we have some world-renowned creators, as they put it, uh, get some stock footage that's, I mean, and this stuff's kind of stunning. Like, I'm, I'm in awe of a lot of it as I'm watching it. And we'll put that in there, and then you can use that as part of your projects. And so it's this seamless workflow because then you're not going to these other stock video places, downloading the footage and then uploading it into Vimeo to use it. So it's already there at, you know, accessible for you. It's pretty cool. Yeah. We use Vimeo. Um, uh, our, our team that uh, publishes the journey, our episodic documentary, we use Vimeo for markups. So they have a really cool feature built into Vimeo where you can tap anywhere on a video and then you can add comments and it makes it really easier for people editing videos to kind of know like, okay, hey, in this spot, the audio is competing with the music or whatever. And so there, there's already so many creators using Vimeo as a platform for hosting their video or for doing reviews of their video. So it's kind of a logical next step for them to have stock footage, stock video footage, which can mm-hmm. be used for B-roll, which is that, you know, that kind of background footage sometimes that plays when there's a talking voice or something like that. So that's pretty cool. So um, any more information on like on what's there and what's available or what the price yeah, is? So, yeah. And I think that the thing that they're really tapping into here is exa- exactly what you were talking about with that B-roll footage where it's got a lot of you know, aerial shots, a lot of establishing shots, a lot of motion graphics and, you know, travel type stuff that perfect stuff for, you know, oh, you know, to use a voiceover over it and kind of have it be a, a, an in-between cut from you were telling the story at one point somewhere else. And now you're, you know, you've got an in-between transition and then you're, you're somewhere else. That's exactly kind of what they're, they're putting this out there for. So, um, 
The one other cool thing is that if you are already on a Vimeo membership plan and you choose to add this to your plan, you then get a 20% savings off both the Vimeo plan and the purchased stock footage. Yeah, and we should state they have 4K footage as well, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. So it looks like it looks like if you already have a Vimeo account, it's 64 bucks for the standard HD stuff and 160 bucks um, presuming per month. I don't know how that works exactly. Is that your understanding? Yeah, it looks like that's the plus membership there. So yeah, and um, it looks like they've got quite a quite a library of really super nice high end kind of video that you would not expect. You know, um, most people wouldn't recognize it. It doesn't look like it's the kind of stuff <laughs> that everyday people would be finding. So, so that's pretty cool. Um, and it looks like we just find it at vimeo.com slash stock. Is that correct? That's it. Super easy. Awesome. Thank you so much, Eric. You're welcome. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. And now for my interview with Rachel Farnsworth. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Rachel Farnsworth. If you don't know who Rachel is, she is a Facebook video expert. She's the founder of The Stay-at-Home Chef and author of the book, Slow Cooker Cooking. Her Facebook watch show is called Recipes, and she has more than 4 million subscribers. Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Michael. Oh, it's my pleasure. So today, Rachel and I are going to dig into Facebook video, and we're going to cover Facebook Watch and all sorts of exciting things. But before we go there, Rachel, I would love to hear your story. How the heck did you get into Facebook and then ultimately start dabbling with video on Facebook? You know, it's it's kind of a funny story. I decided I've had a blog, a website, you know, those things that, quote, nobody reads anymore. Right. Total lie. People read them all the time. I started one of those in 2008 when I became a stay-at-home mom. And I didn't love being a stay-at-home mom. I was bored. I yearned for connection. And I loved cooking and recipes, so I started putting recipes online um, just for friends and family. And, you know, people looked at that. I mean, they looked at it for four years. Wow. And in 2012, after I had my last child, I thought, you know, I people are making money at this. Maybe I should, like, try something. Maybe someday I could, like, cover the cost of our grocery bill. That would be awesome. Um, so when I decided to make it into a business, my husband said he's a software engineer, has been in the computer world for 15 years. And he said, you know, video is the future of the internet. And of course I just nodded and thought that was hilarious because video, there was, there was something called YouTube. Um, I didn't really use it, but I knew like my husband did. Um, so I decided to make some videos and put them on YouTube at the time and they were terrible. They were awful videos. I mean, I didn't even do editing. So you can see me turn on the camera and walk around to the front. And everything was real time. I mean, these were just really bad. You can no longer find them online because I've deleted them. Now, what year was this? Uh, 2012. Okay. So these were on YouTube. You were dabbling with some videos on YouTube. Is that what I'm hearing you say? And, you know, I I realized real quick I wasn't very good at it. And so I kind of went offline for a bit and practiced and and tried to come up with new styles where maybe I just showed the food and not my face. This was before BuzzFeed's Tasty came out. Right. Um, 
I was doing these these different videos, experimental things, and, and nothing quite stuck. And I was never proud of the work. And in 2016, I was still trying to do these things online, and, and BuzzFeed's Tasty came out. And, you know, I thought, you know, maybe I could be better at this. They're doing really well. This is something that sticks. Maybe I can make my videos of just food um, something a little bit more. So I started experimenting, and I ended up starting a video business where I made videos for other um, online creators for their Facebook pages specifically, and I made about a 1,000 of those in six months. What kind of videos were those? Hands-only cooking videos. Oh, really? So Just you, top-down, hands-only cooking. So you, you were essentially modeling the Tasty-style stuff for other people. Is that what yeah, I'm hearing you Yeah, you know, I'd already been doing that before Tasty came on the scene, but Tasty helped me see the possibilities behind it. Hmm. And so I started honing my craft and doing my own style and making it just a little bit better and improving in the quality. So you were doing it for other people and you? Yes, and I learned so much working with all of these different pages. I worked with about 100 different pages on Facebook really learned what succeeds and what doesn't and uh, what what is it about videos that make them do well on Facebook. And so then I started launching my own videos at the two, at the end of 2016. It was the end of October when I launched my first video and I went from 52,000 followers to a million followers in under three months. Now, hold on a second. When you were creating all these videos, quote unquote, for others, were you making them yourself and giving them to others or were you going to other people's like kitchens and helping them figure out how to make them? No, they paid me. They paid me for it. So you were creating original content and then you were giving those contents to other pages that probably had big audiences and you were watching those videos probably go viral and saying to yourself, I want my, myself some of that. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yes, that's exactly what I did. Interesting. So, all right, you decide you want to do something for yourself. So what did you do? Well, I had already had this library of content from blogging for so long, so I started picking some of those that might translate well into video. And my first one was a smashing success. It's still one of my top viewed videos of all time. What was it? A, a video for homemade rolls. Homemade rolls, okay. So simple. Interesting. So simple. And these are like 60-second videos kind of thing? Yes. Wow. Okay, so fast forward to now. What are you doing now? Because there's a cooler part of the story that I want to reveal to everyone. <laughs> well, so last year, June 2017, Facebook announced something called Facebook Watch. And I think a lot of people ignored it, but I heard that and I wanted it. I wanted it bad. And so I spent the next six months um, talking to every single person that I knew. Um, that could possibly be remotely connected in any way to Facebook Watch, um, you know, what their experiences were with Facebook Watch and, and what they thought of it, if they thought there was a future. And after six months of asking, uh, Facebook came to where I live in Salt Lake City, and they invited a bunch of the top YouTube creators from around, and they asked them, you know, is there anybody else that we should invite? And all of them said, yes, Rachel Farnsworth. She's obsessed. And you were on YouTube, but you probably weren't as big at that point on YouTube. Yeah, right? you know, I had maybe 100,000 subscribers, 150,000 subscribers. Right. Um, so it's a legitimate YouTube channel, but it's not my bread and butter by any means. So you, you met with them and what happened? I begged them for a watch page. <laughs> begged. I'm, I'm surprised. I had sent 
emails. I stalked all of the Facebook employees on LinkedIn. I mean, I'm surprised that they didn't have some sort of stalker injunction against me. <laughs> uh, like, really, I I really kind of pushed the limit there. Okay. I and, pushed and, the line. <laughs> and, and something good came out of it. Tell us more. It did. So I started a Facebook watch page and um, it was amazing. I mean, difficult, but amazing. And that was um, at the end of February this year. I think it was February 26th is when I launched my launch, my watch page. And I now have 4.4 million followers there. And tell us what it's called. It's called Recipes. How brilliant. I went for, I went for they told me it was going to be a search-based platform. So I chose the number one search term for my content. Well, and I, I can assure you that's easy to remember. <laughs> it is. It is. It's really easy to remember. I think you got, you got a, that's like getting recipes.com. I mean, do you realize how powerful that, that's amazing. Right. For, I mean, there was this whole, it was still in beta testing and everything. And I thought, you know, if this platform, if this platform takes off, right, this could be awesome. So, so. give us, a, give us some of the metrics. Um, Cause I think people are going to be shocked. <laughs> Oh my gosh. You know, the highest reach on my recipes page that I've ever seen in a single day is 27.5 million. In a day? In a day. That's for that's for a single post or for the entire day? I mean, for uh, all the well, posts. Well, I only did one post that day. So, wow. So okay. it was for a single post. So what kind of video views do you get now that you're on watch? Uh, you know, <laughs> depends on the day. Watch, because I entered into the beta atmosphere, I mean, it was really borderline alpha mm -hmm. testing when I started. Um, it has wild swings, but there are videos that can get millions of views within 24 hours Wow! on the watch platform. I mean, but they are constantly tweaking things. And so sometimes it's really bad, but when it's good, it's really good. The highest, uh, a friend of mine, I helped her start her watch page a few months ago. The highest day that she has seen blew mine out of the water. She had 98.8 .8 million wow. for one day, one post. And it's my understanding that your watch page has been, and I don't know if it still is currently one of the more successful on the watch platform. Is that accurate? Yes. You know, I, I love Facebook, um, but a lot of people, and I love all the other creators that I've been able to meet through Facebook, but a lot of creators have failed at their watch pages. A lot of media companies have watch pages that by and large, they're, they're not doing so great. Right. Um, but the pages that are successful are wildly successful. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that story, folks. So what I want you to hear is that Rachel has had great success with video on Facebook. And um, yes, she's picked a topic that is probably perfectly baked in, pardon the pun, to the Facebook <laughs> ecosystem. But, um, but she's definitely got the experience. And what we're going to talk about today is pretty much just video in general on Facebook, whether it be on watch or not on watch because Rachel is in a very, very good position to have an extensive experience, um, probably the most success that I'm aware of with video on Facebook across both watch and non-watch pages. So um, first question I want to ask you is, is there any other, you know, like how has been, your, you know, as of this recording, it's uh, late September. By the time this comes out, it'll be late October. You know, so you will have been on the platform for like six to eight months or something like that. How has your experience been? Because I know that there's a lot of people that would love to be on the watch platform, but they don't know what it's like on the other side. How has your experience been? You know, I, 
I call it bushwhacking through the jungle in search of El Dorado. <laughs> okay. Um, it's, it's up and down and it's hard. It's, it's easy to look at the kind of success you see on watch. I mean, I had a friend go from zero to a million followers in seven days. That, wow. that seems like a magic wand. It seems magical. But what you don't see behind the scenes is that it's really hard work. It's very strategic, very much um, testing the algorithm, relying on other people who are also testing the algorithm, collaborating together, sharing our knowledge, and figuring this beast out. We're, we're hacking through the jungle, trying to figure out this platform, this ever-changing algorithm that goes along with it. It's a new thing. It has new goals for Facebook. And and how can we leverage that as creators and adjust our strategies to go in the same direction as Facebook? So um, one of the big questions that's in my mind is YouTube or Facebook? And this is a, this is a question before you answer it, um, this is a question that so many of us struggle with for so many different reasons. Let's just assume most of us aren't going to get into the Facebook watch platform anytime soon. And I think that's a fair assessment. Yes. So um, when we compare the advantages to YouTube, like the ability to have subscribers and email notifications and all that, and longer watch times to, to, to the benefits of Facebook, which is obviously the share factor and stuff, like what's been your experience? Um, both with yourself and other folks like you, you know, um, what's, what's the advantage to one over the other, in your opinion? You know, I see people who use their YouTube content and try it out on Facebook and Facebook watch, and it doesn't quite translate. And then I see people who have great content on Facebook, try to get onto YouTube and it's not, it doesn't translate. They are two very separate platforms. YouTube is all about purposeful watching while Facebook is this disruptive watching experience. And, mm. you know, it, it depends on your content. It depends on your demographic. Some people though are able to bridge both worlds. And I love seeing that happen. I want to dig, I want to dig in happens. a little bit on the phrase disruptive content. So what, if I could interpret what that means, it sounds like the shorter entertaining utilitarian useful videos do better on Facebook where the longer episodic, you know, vlogs and stuff like that do better on YouTube. Is that what I'm hearing you say? You know, maybe. From your experience? Um, yes and no. So long format content can, you know, that's maybe we're talking maybe three to five minutes can still be a disruptive experience I've found. Mm. It depends on how well you're able to engage someone within that first three to five seconds because once you can, if you can really capture them for that first three to five seconds and keep them in and deliver quickly and have a fast format, highly engaging, then you're going to succeed big on uh, Facebook in that disruptive because you're catching them and they're still willing to stop scrolling for three to five minutes because you, you've brought them in hook, line and sinker. They are yours. Um, I'm imagining you have access to analytics that the rest of us don't have access to because of you have a watch page. I do. So what percentage of people have you noticed that, you know, that are watching your watch videos are unmuting? Does it give you any data? Like as far as like they watch this many seconds and then they unmute or cause I would imagine in your case, they could totally watch your entire video without unmuting. Um, yes. And I, I always provide captions too, so that they don't have to, a lot of people are watching 
on the go or their their baby's asleep at nap time right. or they're in the bathroom at work, you know, they don't they don't want to be watching with the sound on. That's becoming increasingly common. Um so I do I I don't ha- they don't have great metrics on that, but they do have loyalty metrics that they've come out with. Mm. And um I'm seeing an average of about 35% are watching through to the end. Or gen- towards oh, the so end. So you're talking about retention, really, right? So that means yes. like they're, they're sticking around all the way to the end. That's actually pretty strong for a Facebook video. And are you finding that's higher <laughs> than the videos that you post on your regular page? Um, now I've I've kind of stopped posting videos to my regular or, page. Or I what your old experience too. was was like before you switched over to watch? I mean, yeah, we- it's a lot better than it was before I switched to watch. Do you think that? Um, do you think that? it's got something to do with the subscription component to the watch page and people are kind of, I don't know, are they notified? I mean, I know I'm constantly notified, even though I've only watched like one watch show, that one with Mike Rowe, you know, I still always get notifications every time that darn thing comes out. Do you think that's got something to do with the, um, you think people kind of wait until they have time to watch and then they do tend to watch through? I don't know. I'm curious if that's somehow correlated. You know, I think that there's a lot of different factors that are going into it. That's definitely one of them. They keep experimenting and changing how notifications go out and who's getting notified and who's not. So that's that's something that I've seen change right. quite a bit over the last six months. Right. Um, and I anticipate it will continue to change, especially as watch the user base expands and people are watching more shows. How will that change? I, you know, I don't know. Um, are you still publishing on YouTube as well? Yes, I still do. Do you find that the retention to the end is still higher on YouTube than it is even on Facebook Watch? Yep, it still is higher on YouTube. Yeah, because I'm seeing, for the journey, I'm seeing a good 50 60% view through all the way to the end on YouTube, but that's unheard of for us on our Facebook page, you know? And um, And I think you're right. I think it has something to do with the way people use the platform. And until Facebook can get... It might take, I don't know, it might take a while. What do you think? I mean, do you think it's going to take a while for Facebook to kind of program to people that, hey, there is stuff you can sit down, lean back and watch on this platform? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, you know, they're trying really hard. I've seen a lot of ads recently for Facebook watch shows that are launching with the same kind of uh, press releases and in the same lineups as fall TV premieres. Right. And these are TV shows that are going to be on Facebook Watch. And so they're trying to push these different avenues, right? And I'm interested to see how that will translate long term. I think Facebook is on to something with their watch platform. What will it evolve into? I'm not entirely sure. I, I don't know that the TV shows are the way that it's going to end up. Right. Or if it's going to be some weird hybrid we haven't seen yet. Um, presuming that someday more of us will be allowed into the watch platform. And I'm sure it's just a question of when and who knows what it's going to look like. Um, I would love you to explain what makes, what is a show page and how does that differ from a Facebook page? Cause I think a lot of people would find that interesting. You know, it is a little bit confusing um, because they look so similar. Facebook watch is a separate platform that for now lives in the Facebook platform which is this weird experience and it confuses By the people. way, keyword, sure keyword for now. For now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would be fascinating if they spun off an independent app, but yeah, for now it lives it would be in the, great. yeah. So for now it lives in I, that ecosystem. Go ahead. Well, I did see an ad the other day that said, watch this show on the Facebook watch app on your TV. 
Is there such an app? It's not on my TV yet. Oh, interesting. I, looked, I wonder if somebody was testing ad. something just to see if you would click on it. That's fascinating. Ooh, that, so that, that, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, so maybe it's coming to smart TVs in the living room. Now, that is something that would be interesting because people, when they pull up their smart TV or device or whatever, if they see that right alongside Netflix and Hulu and Amazon, now that's, that, that is interesting. Could be a game changer. So back to the page. Um, what distinctive features does a show page have that's different than a Facebook page? The real distinction is episodic content and seasons. Now, they have started to introduce this on regular pages as well, where you can make episodes that, if it fits their criteria, they may pull that into the Facebook watch platform um, if it's doing well. And then you can adjust your regular page to look more like a video page. Um, but it's not, it's not quite the same as watch. I've, I've, tried, I've tried all of that, and it's, it's just not the same. What's great about watch is that it's its own show and it's its own page and its own being, but it's also connected to your main business page on Facebook. What you publish on your show, you can have automatically simultaneously published to your regular page. That's got to be a big deal for people that have big pages. Am I right or am I wrong? It is. Yeah. Oh, it's huge. Yeah, because we have over half a million and, I, and the thought of having to start a brand new page from scratch scares the heck out of me. But I would imagine not all the fans just automatically move over and become fans of the watch. That's oh, they totally don't. That was the biggest surprise. Yeah. So, um, so you can simultaneously publish it to your page. That's awesome. What other unique features does a watch page have? You know, you can organize it into seasons. Mm -hmm. um, it's more TV formatted. Um, can you do live? Yes, you can do live as episodes. Have you tried that yet? I, I do it almost every week. So how is that different than going live on a regular page? Is it identical? You know, I want to say it feels identical. A lot of it just feels the same mm -hmm. as far as functionality, how you set it up. It's all the same. You just, there's an extra button that says episode. Um, but I can tell you from my experience, my reach on my live shows are insane. They're great. It's been great for our live show. We're getting more reach than ever. Um, episodes when you say live show, you mean on watch in particular, right? On watch. Interesting. And I mean, we're casting to our, all of our pages at the same time. Tell us what you do when you go live on your watch page. Just give us kind of a simple synopsis of what you're doing. Um, we use vMix, a third-party software, and we'll grab the, we'll, we'll click go live on Facebook and, and get the, the stream keys and everything to input through our software. And then, I mean, we just go live. We don't schedule live. Yeah, what I meant is like, what are you doing? Like, what's the content you're developing? What, how's that different uh -huh. content? I call it a random variety show. Really? You never know what we're doing. So what does that mean? You're not cooking necessarily? You know, we hardly ever cook. So is it just talk? Sometimes I, I some of my more successful shows have been just talking, um, just chatting with my fans. Some have been one of the favorites that people just love. They're very loyal to this is we do taste tests. Oh, that's cool. I've that's seen, I've seen people do that before. So, um, Okay, so anything else we need to know about uh, pages, bef uh, about the watch page before we go to my next question? No, they're, I mean, they feel similar. Got it. They're different. And I would imagine since they're using languages like episodes and seasons and stuff that it's not, they're trying to encourage people that are doing watch platforms to actually have episodic content. I mean, that's what I'm hearing you say, even though it yes. sounds like you're not really doing episodic content. 
I'm not really doing it. It just doesn't fit well with right. my genre. My It's so evergreen. The content is so evergreen. I don't feel like I should be putting it into seasons. Got it. So do you so. have to, or, or is that just an option? No, it's just an option. You don't have to. Perfect. For now. Um, okay. So clearly you've been making lots and lots of videos before the watch platform came out. Is there anything differently that you're doing now that you are making videos for watch that you did not do before you made videos for watch? You know, they're largely the same, and I think most viewers wouldn't notice a difference, but we are trying to push our content a little more, and we are trying to make sure that our content hits that three-minute mark for at least three. Uh, we publish seven pieces a week, which is insane, um, but we hope that at least three of those hit the three-minute mark. What do you so mean by that, that? You mean the dur total duration is three minutes? Total duration, three minutes, so that we can be eligible for ad breaks on it. Got it. Okay. Um, can you share any tips since obviously you have gotten this video thing down? Like, what have you learned? Because there's a lot of people listening right now that are like, okay, I might want to make a video in that three to five minute mark. And clearly Rachel, you've done thousands. It sounds like, um, is there any tips or techniques that you would recommend to anyone creating a video based on your experience? Don't be afraid to experiment just because you see one thing that works doesn't mean that's the only way to do it. There could be a better way. And, you know, because you're in this disruptive atmosphere, you really need to be focused on that. Too many people are trying to put logos at the beginning of videos or near the beginning and, and different kinds of text or other, you really have to be engaging the entire time. You can't mess around with other distracting elements like branding. You're going to lose your audience. If you're disrupting their day, you need to give them a reason to continue watching. It's almost like the Reddit experience. Do you ever put anything at the end of the video that maybe it's you asking for a share or a image that comes up and encourages people to share, or do you not recommend doing something like that? So I don't do that because in the past there has been terminology that ends up getting flagged in the algorithm because that's, that's not an organic experience and Facebook really wants um, and focuses on organic experiences. So I don't want the AI to be able to read or hear me say those things in a video uh, that's in case they're punishing it. That's fascinating. So because clearly we would never put it in text because we already, we've, we've been told clearly yes. that that is a negative thing for the algorithm. But what you're saying is you believe that it's also important not to say those very same things inside the video because clearly the algorithm is listening, right? I mean, I don't want to sound paranoid, but like they can hear us. <laughs> I mean, so yes. I'm careful. Yeah. I'm careful. They're smart. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like why they have an automatic transcription feature. So clearly they're automatically <laughs> already listening and watching for certain keywords. So that's absolutely. Um, okay. So we already talked a little bit about watch time and retention. Um, you know, the average watch time for regular videos is dismal. We all know it's dismal. I mean, it's ridiculously bad on Facebook. Oh, it's bad. It's terrible. Um, can you share any metrics about how much better? I mean, you did mention, I think you were getting up to 30% watching to the end. Um, is your average watch time, like this, this is the part, I, I just need a little wisdom from you to me. Um, of course, everyone's listening, but <laughs> you know, when I look at all the videos that we publish on social media examiner, I see average watch times that are all over the place. Um, I mean, a good one would be like 30 seconds. 
And these are videos that are much longer than that. You know, we're talking about videos that are sometimes, you know, seven minutes, sometimes 10 minutes. That feels dismally bad to me. But is that, you know, is that something we should get caught up in in the average watch time or is or is the retention thing more important? You know, talk to us a little bit about that because it's hard as a marketer to like not get stuck on those numbers. Right. I mean, I kind of try to ignore those numbers because they're so depressing. Right. Um, but I, I'm looking at overall reach um, tends to be your weekly reach tends to be a great indicator of what you're doing. And if it's working within the algorithm, I try not to get caught up in, in those nitty gritty details of watch time and, and duration because you know what? I'm not even entirely sure that that's always accurately reported based on my experience on Facebook. Are you using there's, are you using that creator? I forget what they call it. Um, they creator open, Studio. Yeah, talk about that because there's something by almost the exact same name on YouTube. But do you use that on Facebook? And if so, do you find it interesting? Because it's only recently rolled out to all of us, and I'm curious what your thoughts are on it. It seems pretty cool. I mean, I've been looking at it since June, and it and it keeps getting more f- features, and that's great. Um, but it still comes down to the same metrics of. Weekly reach is just such a great indicator of how you're doing and how your page is doing the health of your page. So how do you do um, that? Do you just pick a week range or how does that work? I mean, do you just say, here's my date range. Let me see what the reach is on these videos or something. Yeah. I mean, if you just go into your analytics, the default is a week. Got it. And so are it, you it's tracking right there. that? It, it's constantly advertising that to you on the side of your page. Mm-hmm. I mean, just on your home screen and newsfeed, it's it's constantly advertising you, hey, this is what your weekly reach is. Do you ever look at engagement We're metrics not also? You forget. Do you ever look um, at I do look engagement at engagement metrics. Um, I feel that they they're a little confusing about how they're reported. Right. Um I'd rather go look at individual posts themselves. And I, I'm very active in the comment section on my pages and and really getting a feel for feedback from viewers um, and, and really listening to what they're saying and seeing if they really are engaging with the content. I'm not so worried about my overall engagement as I am individual because engagement is really important to me. It's very valuable. Facebook values it a lot. It is a main focus for them. And I'm concerned just as a, you know, just connecting my brand with people. I want to make sure that, that there is true community and engagement, both of which are big hot terms for Facebook. Do you do anything in your videos to encourage your uh, viewers to engage in the comments? I mean, sometimes I do things. I don't want to say that they're on purpose, but I kind of know that they're going to be a little bit controversial with viewers. Um, so I'll do things that I just know they're going to comment on. That's not how you do that. That's not how you cut an onion or. Oh, you'll, um, you'll purposely do things a little off normal just to get comments. <laughs> I mean, it's not necessarily. I ask like, a question at the end of our, the journey, you know, we just pop a question up on the screen and, and, um, uh, well, you saw an ep- you saw at least one episode oh, yeah. of the journey. We started doing this in season two where we will play in the background, a clip from the, from the episode they just saw. And then in a square, we'll play another, ver- another clip and then we'll pose a question. And it, by watching those little clips, it kind of reminds them of those sections of the video that they just watched. And then we'll pose a question like, um, what's more important planning or acting for you, you know? Um, and then Super bo- smart. boom, Super all smart. these questions will pop up and then people have views and stuff. And I just don't know if you've seen that or not, but it seems to be working for us. 
Yeah. You know, and I, I ask questions in the text portion, um, because I, a lot of my videos are very visual. I, you know, I can't make a call to action audibly and it all has to be very visual, but fit seamlessly within, within the content. So sometimes like I have this video where I open both ends of the can for tomato paste Mm. and then just push it through. That gets so much engagement because people are like, whoa, I've never seen that before. And I did that on purpose. Interesting. So you're creating I, I, things I met, that you're creating that things that will get people to talk. That's that's cool. Oh, yeah. I love that. All right. Um, well, for all the marketers that are listening right now that do not actually have, quote unquote, watch pages, there is a way that they can get their marketing message in front of watchers of watch pages. So let's talk about it. You, you mentioned the ad break earlier. Um you know, speak to the marketers out there. What the heck can we do with that? What are our options? Talk about an underutilized advertising opportunity right now. Um, it's in its infancy. Ad breaks are currently available in six different languages, 26 different countries, and more are continuing to roll out. So there's a lot of opportunity here. I, I kind of look at this as like YouTube six years ago, where ads were kind of in their infancy on that platform and they haven't yet matured. You can advertise through video ads on Facebook and take advantage of being in these Facebook watch pages, which are really, I mean, they're really pushing ad breaks. So tell us more about it. Like how long is the ad break? Is it skippable? You know, they're testing a lot of different things. So there are different options there. It is not currently skippable. Um, It is short. I've seen like 15 to 20 seconds. It's hard because I don't see ads on my own content. Mm -hmm. Um, They ensure that I don't. And in fact, if I boost a post at all, and if there's any ad dollars behind it, uh, people who see the content from the ad spend will not see an ad either. Interesting. So So they're protecting the ad experience for sure. Do you know whether or not the ad is clickable or is it just pure branding? Uh, I believe it's pure branding for now. I know I've heard whisperings about them working on clickable content. There's it, there's, Primarily right now, it's ad breaks in content, ad breaks, mid-roll. Interesting. Um, Some things are in beta right now where occasionally you'll see a pre-roll ad. I've yet to see one myself, but there are a small amount of viewers who are are getting the pre-roll experience that are non-skippable. There's also, I've also seen overlay. So there are different options. They're testing them out there. How long can they go? Um, They have testing for... uh, ad break placement, whether you um, place it somewhere specifically in a piece of content and it's up to to the creator or have it be customized for the viewer. So there's a lot of different things that they're testing out there right now. I hate to give too much specifics because it's changing all the time. Do you know, and I know you're not an ads expert, but do you know whether or not the, this option to leverage ad breaks is generally open to the public or is it only big brands at this juncture? From what I understand, it's generally open to the public, especially since they've rolled out ad breaks for all pages. Got it. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean any of us that have a video on our page could potentially be eligible for an ad break? Well, yes, you could potentially be eligible for ad breaks. And there's um, a great way to tell if you are eligible for ad breaks. Um, They have a website um, where you can check eligibility. It's something like... um, so many, you have to have 10,000 followers on your page. You have to have so many minutes of watch time on a recent video or so many views that made it to one minute. I mean, they're really, they're quite strict about, um, who is eligible for it. 
Well, what's great about the, you know, what you're, what we're hearing from you is that Facebook is really pushing the watch platform. They're advertising it. They're going nuts with it. So ideally you want your video, if you're going to try to put an ad inside of a video, you probably want to put it inside of a video that's on the watch platform because those videos seem to have legs in a way that the other videos do not. That's what I'm hearing you say. Oh, they're crazy. Oh, absolutely. I I think that any marketer should be jumping at the chance to be advertising on Facebook Watch. This is a great platform. Um, I know that it's received some flack in the press, but my personal experience as a creator is that this is so incredibly promising that there's a great future. Lots of creators uh, it's a, it's a buzz in the creator world that they're getting in on this. They want in on this. They see a future here and that's a good place to be advertising. What is your thoughts on where we could be in a couple of years if Facebook gets this right? And, you know, just from your perspective, having been messing around with this now for quite a while, do you think this is going to be big? Do you think they could be the next YouTube I have a lot of my chips betting on this. Um, I think that there is some sort of weird hybrid future where this is going to be a Netflix or a Hulu or an Amazon video, but it's going to be more about super consumption. Have you tried the IGTV thing yet? Yeah, I have. Thoughts? Um. Let's just say I don't think that IGTV has as strong of a future as Facebook Watch. Mm. I think I would agree with you because it seems like it's lost a lot of its buzz. And and I think the challenge with IGTV is it's not super integrated with Instagram in the same way that Watch is integrated with Facebook. Yes. And if they they can figure that out, then maybe there'll be some opportunity. But that's going to require a lot of rethinking the whole way Instagram works, I would imagine. And maybe that's part of the reason why why the founders have recently left Instagram. Who knows, you know? So who knows what's going to happen now? Right. But, you know, I think that Facebook Watch, one of their advantages over IGTV is that, I mean, this has been frustrating to a lot of people, but their exclusivity on it where, I mean, it's by invitation only it's rolled out to all countries, but it's still by invitation only. But let's be honest. There's some real crap on watch and there's some real good stuff that should be on watch and it's not on watch. (laughs) Correct. There is. And they've got a lot to figure out on that. Right. But there's something about it being exclusive that maybe it's given it the advantage. Yeah. I mean, it, they've still invited people on, they've paid for content that just hasn't gone over well at all. It's a huge flop. They've wasted millions of dollars. Right. I have faith that they'll get it worked out. And if anybody can afford to try to master this thing, it's got to be Facebook. Um, You told me before this call that there is a page that people can try to go to to apply to get their themselves on the watch platform. Do we want to mention that? Yeah. You know, there's a, a new program through Facebook called Launchpad. They have a website for creators called facebook.com forward slash creators. And there you'll see a link to the launch launchpad program. Launchpad, you know, it's hard to describe what they're, they want to get in touch with creators. They want to figure out who's got content. What are you doing with that content? They're paying people to upload content as part of that launchpad program. And I've known people who've gotten watch pages because they participated in the launchpad program. So while there's no way to apply for watch, there just isn't, um, there's not a way to apply for watch right now for the masses, the, the public. 
Um, and I will, I will just anyway. say this. I have leveraged every person I know to try to get the journey on watch and I'm, I've got no response. Oh, it's, it's, and I'm pretty well connected. Hard. So, so I don't want people to get their hopes up because it's not easy to get on watch. Right. But for sure, go check out Launchpad. And you said it was facebook.com slash what? Creators. Creators. Rachel, um, tell everyone where they can find you on Facebook and, and all the great stuff that you've got going on. So you can find me on Facebook at the stay at home chef and recipes, and there will be another page coming up shortly, which uh, is fun. And you'll just have to watch for that. I'm still working on securing the keyword watch for that. (laughs) I mean, you'll see it on the stay at home chef for sure. Okay, cool. Awesome. Rachel Farnsworth, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your insight and experience using video and particularly on the watch platform. Really appreciate it anytime. Well, I hope you found a lot of value in today's interview. If there's anything we mentioned and you didn't catch it, like that link to apply, simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 326. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.